Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK. And with me, as always, my buddy... Sean the Arcade Phantom. Craig, Craig. Sean, are you sucked out a well? I might be. Help. Didn't you read the sign? It says caution well. Help. What's going on, Craig? <laughs> Not much, buddy. <laughs> I'm kind of pretty excited to be talking to you about this episode. I... I, I'm excited, especially because you have not expressed a lot of enthusiasm about this episode, but I'm pretty enthusiastic. I really enjoy Radio Bart. I'm going to spoil it right now. I'm kind of lukewarm on Radio Bart. Hey, I mean, you know, it's not like you're saying you hate it, and it's not. I'm not saying it's my favorite, but I feel like we're in different directions here. I feel like it's a season two episode in season three, because it is surrounded by greatness, and I feel like it's kind of the lower point, which is not to say it's a bad thing. The worst Good Simpsons is a great episode. Yeah, I, uh, hmm. I don't know. I I don't rate this that lowly for season three. So I'm excited to kind of t- chat about it as we go through the but episode. But it's not my lowest of season three. I gotta say that. That's coming. <laughs> That's we'll get coming there. soon. We'll get there. So Sean, when did this episode uh, first come out? This episode first aired January 9th, 1992. We're in the 92s now. Yeah, in the first episode of 1992, Bart receives some lame birthday presents, but finally finds a use for his radio transmitter microphone pranking the town. Yeah, it's kind of classic Bart causes a prank idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's where a lot of the the kind of the... I, I feel like this is a pretty memorable episode, and I think it's because of the fact that this is yet another Bart prank on a town. You know, because eventually we're going to get out of that. Yeah, we'll stop getting... Well, we'll get that in fan fiction, but I mean... Well, <laughs> fan fiction doesn't count. Uh, so, Sean, uh, do you want me to go first with the news? Are you going to depress everybody? No, I'm not. Then I'm going to go first, because mine is actually depressing. Oh, God, role reversal. Yeah. So, January 1st, Atari officially announced they were going to drop support for the 2600, all 8-bit computer family system, mm-hmm. and the Atari 7800. They hadn't already done that? That was the time... <laughs> well, 7800 is like the NES competitor. Oh, right. They tried to compete with Nintendo. That didn't work in America. No. Maybe in other countries it might have. Like, I know the Master System was big in, like, South America. Oh, yeah, the Master System huge in Europe and South America. Not so big in America, though. Nintendo really had a stranglehold. I mean, I do love the Master System. It's got some good games, for sure. Uh, but but the Atari. But the Atari, yeah. They basically cut support on all software and hardware for the 2600 8-bit family systems and the 7800. Wow. Pretty soon they're going to put out the Jaguar and... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I remember looking at the ad and being like, the Tiny 2 game looks pretty cool. Uh, Alien vs. Predator is actually pretty cool. I have a Jaguar and I have Alien vs. Predator. Is that about the only good game on the system? Yeah. Oh. There, there's not much. That's depressing. I, I know that there's there's some real crummy ports slapped on the Jaguar. So yeah, Atari's sitting sad times right now. And we're going to see them continue to drop. 
Yeah, and we mentioned it in um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the moaning Lisa, I think it was. You know, when we talked about how they were very obviously playing what seemed to be some type of Atari yeah, system. Yeah, it's, it's basically the Atari VCS. Yeah, that's what we were thinking at the time. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, the, the Atari has played a role in The Simpsons to a degree, which is kind of interesting to think about, you know. Yeah, this actually kind of bummed me out because the first video game I played was uh, Game & Watch Fire. But after that, the first console I played was actually an Atari family computer. Interesting. I never got into the Atari until quite a few years after I had a Nintendo. Uh, we got a, an Atari at a garage sale uh, for pretty cheap, and uh, it was it was fun to play with. I mean, you could definitely tell, you know, the Atari, at least the Atari system we were using was was pretty dated. But, uh, but I mean, you know, I mean, for, for like pretty standard video game stuff. Yeah, and porn games. Fun. I mean, they had porn games. Yeah, that was weird. Custer's Revenge? Custer's Revenge and like... Uh, yeah, there was another, wasn't there? Yeah, there's the one where they're on the roof and they're... Beat them and need them. That's it. And that's all I'm saying on that. Let's move on to the news that's happy, Craig. Make hey, me happy because I'm so, sad about Atari. So here's some interesting kind of uh, news. So I looked through the paper, uh, you know, from back in 92. And here's the thing. You know, looking through the Detroit Free Press on this day, not a lot caught my attention. Not a lot that I either hadn't been brought up before and wasn't very wasn't really an interesting addition, uh, or uh, there just wasn't really a lot going on, which I guess is a sign of the times of the early '90s being a really kind of safe, prosperous era, you know, for America anyway. Uh, but so I took a look at the ABC warehouse advertisement at the time. Oh snap! So I got some prices here that I want to run by you. Okay, shoot them out at me. So. They're, they were selling an AM FM stereo dual cassette recorder. Well, that's awesome because you can record another cassette and just take blank cassettes and have cheap cassettes. Yeah, so, you know, so cassettes for all of our younger listeners who don't, might not know uh, had like what? It was ma- magnetic tape essentially that recorded yeah. audio that you could play through this little like plastic thing. And uh, that was uh, regular price uh, at $119.99. See, I think we're lucky enough that our younger viewers are all familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah, so that way they true. know what a cassette player is yeah. through Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's true. I we didn't we think don't feel so old right now. Yay. Yeah, cassettes are cool. They're retro. We're bringing them back. Do you unfortunately want to feel a little bit old? Yeah, sure. Because this is not something that we need, have any need for anymore. Portable 2.7 inch black and white TV, regular price $97.99. You know. There's a thing cell phones. About, there's a thing about portable TVs. <laughs> I always think of The Simpsons because of them. Yeah, me too. I think of uh, the shinning. Uh, I think of the shinning, but actually, even more than that, I think of the episode where uh, Bart's watching it in uh, class. Stupid TV, you ruined my ability to <laughs> think. <laughs> Uh, we also have a refrigerator freezer uh, combo. Uh, now, this didn't have its regular price, only its sale price, but two seventeen. Holy crap! Right? That's insanely low. That, that's a full-size refrigerator freezer? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it was apartment size, it said, so probably okay, a little smaller. So it's a little smaller, but still, oh my god. So everybody come on down to ABC Warehouse. Like In a million, yeah, a million years ago. Uh, and then the final thing that I thought was, I couldn't tell if this was expensive or not. 41-inch stereo color TV with hi-fi sound system, $1,433, which with inflation is what, around $3,000? Roughly. Give or take. $2,800, about $2,900. Yeah, give or or take. That sounds like a lot. 
you know, because TVs nowadays, like I got my 50 inch TV for like, I don't know, 250, 300 bucks or some nonsense. Yeah. But if you get it like an 8K TV, which is the highest of, and you can get right now, I mean, you're paying about that. So, so that would have been the equivalent. highest on the market. Okay. Yeah. So it's about equivalent. I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just thought, uh, uh there was an episode, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but I uh, uh, it was recorded around uh, or the episode uh, released around Christmas time, and we did the uh, the prices of groceries and stuff. So I thought, yeah, we'll just do that for this. Uh, but let's uh, jump into Radio Bart. So right off the bat, uh, we have Lisa dancing, and uh, Homer initially finds this adorable, and then when she starts getting a little bit more risque with the dancing, Homer kind of freaks out, only to get distracted by the beautiful and probably underage girls on the TV. They're probably legal. I sure hope so, for Homer's sake. But Homer is a freaking perv. Yeah, yeah. He gets very easily distracted, and so when Lisa asks for money for Bart's birthday present, Homer pulls out a bill, and Lisa's like, Dad, this is 100 and he's like, oh, sorry, and then just hands her the wallet, and she walks off with it. I don't know what Lisa bought for Bart, but I'd like to think it should have been something good. I feel like Lisa pocketed that money. Okay, so I have some feelings about this. And uh-huh. I'm going to get kind of risque with this. Okay. And Lisa's only eight, so I get that. And her dad not wanting this risky thing. Sure. But this, when I was doing my research for this episode, mm-hmm. the whole T.I. story broke. And for those who don't know... Mm-hmm. I'm going to get real graphic here. T.I. basically takes his daughter every year to a gynecologist to make sure her hymen is still intact. Oh, right. And she's 18 years old. And who? what, what uh, current pop star is this again? I, I believe it's T.I. Oh, I, I was yeah, reading the story I as right. I did this research, and I thought, you are not the fucking gatekeeper of your daughter's vagina. Yeah, that's and, weird. And I like, was watching them side by, side by side. I'm like, yeah, she's eight, but... Fuck Homer at this moment. If she was an adult, fuck Homer. But I get where he's coming from. I mean, at least it was a weird circumstance to be going through because I'm like going through these emotions as I'm writing notes and getting these pop ups on my news. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a bit. Yeah. I mean, the 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 actual real life story of what like the T.I. or whoever it is. You know, does with his daughter. That's utterly vile and disgusting. But Lisa's only eight, so I mean, yeah, yeah. that's and it's not like he's going to the extreme. Ti does. It's just, hey, knock it off. Yeah, which is a far cry. It's a far cry. But it was just a weird coincidence going on yeah, as I was sort of writing notes that I had to bring up. So I. Uh, the announcer lets uh, uh, Homer know that Funky C, Funky Do will be back to lip sync another song, which has got to be a reference to, uh, what is it, Millie Vanilli that we talked about in a previous episode, yeah. who got like you know a lot of flack because it, they were lip syncing. Uh, and so this commercial comes on for this like radio transmitter microphone thing. I had one of these growing up, by the way. Did you? Yes. Did it work very well? Eh. It only had about 30 foot range on it, so I couldn't throw it down a well. And then go across town? Yeah. Mm, shame. So the song the kids start singing is the song Convoy, which is a 1975 novelty song performed by a character named C.W. McCall, who's a character like constructed by a couple of other people, of course. But... uh. Yeah, this is the only way I've ever heard this song. Really? You've never heard the original version of this? Not until I was doing research. Yeah. I don't think it ever played on radios like, you know. It's in uh, Futurama in, in the oh, good seasons no, of Futurama. I, yeah, I do know it from that. You're okay. right. I know it in that. And then but like I've never heard it like played outside of these okay. cartoons. I uh, 
But yeah, so uh, I love that the announcer is like, throw off those bulky transmitters at Broadcasting Towers. <laughs> and then, you know, so Homer watches his commercial, and the guy in the, the commercial's like, you know, using the thing, and he's like, hey, good looking, we'll be back to pick you up later. And the girls like giggle and laugh, and Homer's like, ooh, he's in for some loving. So animation quirk here. Uh-huh. So they say you can use it in boardrooms, and we show somebody saying, you're fired. Looks like Quimby, it's Quimby right? right? That's it looks Mayor a Quimby. lot like Quimby, uh, but it's not his voice. It's like you are fired. I, uh, and so Homer calls up and he's like, "Do you have any more of those radio transmitters?" And the guy he like calls, you know, looks in the back room and it's just loaded with them. He's like, "Yeah, a couple." Yeah. So on the left hand side of that, I counted two hundred and ten microphones that I could see before it gets blurry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of microphones. That's a lot of microphones. That sure is. Although, maybe not if it's a national thing. Yeah. But, I mean, who's really ordering this aside from Homer? And your parents? (laughs) I don't know who I got it from. It wasn't my parents. Your unspecified family member? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Uh, So, it is Bart's birthday. Uh, So, this is like the at a later day. We don't know when this is. But it's got to be pretty... Close because Lisa had to go buy a present. Homer had it on his mind, but Homer had enough time to get this thing mailed to him. Yeah, so Homer got it mailed to him, so it had to be a while because back then it back took a then bit. It took a couple weeks. Yeah, so probably about a, almost a month later. There was no Amazon two day prime. Ooh, oh man, those were dark times. So, man, life sucked. I used to have to go to stores <laughs> to buy things, they weren't bullshit. delivered right to me. <laughs> Fuck that. Seriously. So Bart measures his height with Homer. Uh, he also at this point has a pin that says, kiss me, it's my birthday. And then the pin vanishes in yeah. the next scene. Uh, and he uh, watches the Krusty the Clown show where Sideshow Mel gets caught on fire, uh, you know, <laughs> in a cake. And uh, uh, there's a birthday, like a flash of like people who like, you know, whose birthday it is. And Bart sees his name flash by on the list. He goes, best $8 I ever spent. And uh, Grandpa calls to wish Bart a happy birthday. And Bart's like, it's not nice. Take a message. And he proceeds to go around town and uh, get all of his free birthday stuff. Which, do you have a list of all the places he went to? I do. Phineas Q. Butterfats, the ice cream parlor of, of you know, uh, Springfield. Jake's unisex hair place, where he, at first I thought this was uh, an error. I didn't quite understand what he was going for. But I... Uh, Bart complains and says, digital audio tape my butt. We had compact discs, and that was enough. And damn I w- straight. Yeah, he's just damn straight. So I was like, compact discs came out after tapes. I don't understand what they're going for. But what it is is digital audio tape is a separate thing than cassettes. They're smaller, and they were released in 87, uh, whereas uh, compact or, uh, yeah, uh, uh Yep. was from 87. Oh, yeah, 82 is when the compact disc was first released. Yep. So it actually lands. I uh, I didn't think it would, but uh, kudos. Well, I mean, they've tried so many different formats for audio. Well, yeah, because you had what? Not only vinyl records. Eight tracks. Eight tracks. Cassette yep. tapes. Cassette tapes, this uh, digital audio tapes. Uh, there was the what, Estat? Yeah. There was the Estat. I... Uh, there was another smaller... What were those mini-discs? Were they just called mini-discs? I think they might have been mini-audio discs or something. There was another yeah. one. I actually had one of those because uh, it could record, and I thought it was really cool, and uh, I recorded and y- video game music. And you wanted to be on the radio someday. Someday. Someday people will listen to you. Someday some 
people will listen to my voice someday. Idiots. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> what dummies. Can't believe they like listening to Craig. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, Bart also gets a free tango lesson for his birthday with Rosarita. Rosarita. <laughs> Farewell, Senor Bart. Somehow Bart uh, appeals to some old, some older ladies. Yeah, he does. But not older girls, like, just slightly older than him. They have to be quite a bit older. Older like Bart's gonna get them sent to jail. Well, yes. well no, they're attractive women, so they probably would get off. Ah, yeah, they'll get That's off That's a weird free. thing. It's like that episode of South Park. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> what an awkward, but great episode. It really is. Oh, I'm gonna get side railed on that one. So, I... Uh, they end up at Wall-E Weasels, which is very clearly Chuck E. Cheese's, which for those who don't know is basically this like chain pizza place with like children's games, ball pits, and this giant electronic rat. Yeah, it's Five Nights at Freddy with, you know, half the horror. Sean, that's not entirely accurate. I'd say it's like third less of the horror. <laughs> There's still maybe a little more horror than that. Well, when was the last time you went to Chuck E. Cheese's? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, so the last time I would have went, to the best of my recollection, uh, would have been my cousin's birthday party when we were like, uh, like eight, seven, eight, something like that. So I got good news for you. Uh-huh. So Chuck E. Cheese has strict rules in place that if you're over the age of 16, mm-hmm. You need to be with a family or with children. Oh, well, that actually is a pretty good rule. That, that makes me feel better, actually. Yeah. Let's not talk about why that rule is in place. No, we're not gonna. But um, apparently, Chuck E. Cheese uh-huh. in the mid-90s used to be a place for um, child molesters to hang out. Somehow I'm not that surprised. And that's why they had to put rules in place. I thought we weren't going to talk about this. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to talk about the stories. I was just going to oh. tell you why that they oh. have these nice rules, which good on Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, you have to, you know, you have to do the bare minimum to make sure that your uh, establishment is not the hangout spot for child molesters. So, uh, so didn't we used to have like a local place like Chuck E. Cheese? Wasn't it? Kid Kingdom. No, and not, Caesarland. Not Cave Kingdom. Uh, what was that one where, the guy, where the guy died? Um, oh. Jeepers. Jeepers, yeah. That was in uh, the Wonderland Mall. Yeah, we had a local Chuck E. Cheese knockoff called Jeepers where somebody was killed. Yeah, like the maintenance like, guy. Yeah, maintenance guy threw one of the rides. Uh-huh. His like, head was like lobbed off during a party, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was somebody's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> If you are a listener who that was at that party, I'm sorry for your PTSD. Also, please reach out to us. We need to do an interview, oh, which man. will inflate your PTSD. Man, that would be really interesting, actually, to find out. Honestly, it would be really interesting to talk about that situation and have a, a pretty frank discussion and try not to make too many jokes. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, Wally Weasel, is uh, uh, their logo is, we cram fun down your throat, which is... Best not to be thought about with the last conversation we had. Oh. Uh, also, uh, interesting enough, one of the wives from the power plant in the episode No Disgrace Like Home is in the background, right at the uh, start of the scene, when we see like some parents talking with kids. Yeah. So there's another. there must be another kid, unless it's Sherry and Terry's mom. 
because it's the only other kids we know that have a parent in the power plant. It could be sharing Terry's parents work or dad works at the power plant. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Although there's only like one elementary school in Springfield, so like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, also Sherry and Terry weren't at his party, so never mind. Uh, so Bart walks around. He's like, Toby, have you lost weight? Nelson's like cheating, and Bart's like hosting this party, and uh, also Sean. There's a new arcade that we need to bring up into <laughs> yeah, the list. Yeah, we do. So there's uh, Noiseland Arcade, which is where we got our name, the Penny Arcade, the Quickie Mart, and Merlin's Video Dungeon, and now there's Wall-E Weasel. Which has, well, we can also count the Quickie Mart, like weird ones that keep changing. Where it, did they get those from? I don't know. Cause, uh, because I had a local um, party store by me that got arcade games. And they basically bought them from old like arcades that didn't want them anymore. Oh, so I'm wondering if they're like packs off of the uh, Noiseland. I I mean, I probably Apu's probably not going to shell out a lot of money for for arcades, you know. Although kids play them there, like we we see a few times, I think kids playing arcade games there. Uh, some of the arcades that they have at. Uh, uh, Wally Wally Weasels. Weasels. Did you catch any of them? Uh, The only one I caught was Larry the Looter. Larry the Looter's the big one, but there's also, we see Touch of Death again. (laughs) Shark Bait, Time Waster, Coffee Fiend, Uh, and then the uh, the others are like cut off and I couldn't couldn't see them. Um, I've played Time Waster before. Like every day of your life? Damn. (laughs) Damn, that was cold. Count it. I was going to call it Sim City for Super Nintendo, <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, well, there's that, too. You uh, just sit there and just let it accumulate money for you. I mean, I like Sim City on Super Nintendo. You listen to its pretty music. It's very pretty mu- music. Uh, Soyo Oka, I think the composer's name is? Yeah, she she did it really young, too. She was, like, what, 18 when she did that soundtrack? And then, 18, she, ne- and then she never really did video games after the initial run of, like, Super Nintendo games she yeah, worked on. It's crazy. Yeah, not a fan of that because I really like her music. But anyhow, so <laughs> I, 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 the the party starts and uh, the the show with these electronic animals uh, starts up. And a few things to note: one is the, I mean, just the absurdity of the whole situation. But the second thing is the fire looks really weird. Yeah, it does. I noticed that too. It doesn't look like normal Simpsons animation. It, it doesn't. looks like it was done in post. Yeah, it looks like it was done in like post or or they did like a weird technique to try to make it work and it just looks bizarre. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, at that party that I went to with my cousins while we were skulking around Chuck E. Cheese's, you know, just like screwing around, like, you know, not doing what we should have been doing. Uh, at one point, we went behind the stage where the, you know, electronic, uh, uh, you know, animals do their performance. And it looks really creepy in the back. Like all these wires and electrical things running through. We ended up going halfway through and then thought better of it and had to like walk back out. Okay. Theme park knowledge, Sean. It's going to get real dark real quick here. Oh, yeah. So. Super dangerous, also the inspiration for Five Nights at Freddy's, which I made a joke about earlier. Uh But there was a ride at Disneyland called America Sings, which was a rotating stage which had animatronic animals like this. Sure, okay. So I want to talk about the dangers that you and your cousin put yourself into. Mm -hmm. Because America Sings is one of the few locations to have an actual death at Disney. Really? Because the rotating stage, one of the workers got caught behind it and got smashed into it. (laughs) <laughs> and she was killed pretty much instantly. Yeah. 
So America Sings still existed for years after that. They put the safety features in to keep that from happening. Okay. And eventually America Sings got shut down and those animatronics got moved over to Splash Mountain. So every time you're here in Zippity Doodah, those are animatronics that have witnessed death. I, I I just made this even darker than Song of the South makes that. Uh, can I can I level with you, Sean? I assume every animatronic in <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World has seen death. Dude, animatronics are awesome. You're and wrong. Terrifying. <laughs> Have you not seen Five Nights at Freddy's? Good lord. So I. Uh, Why have the Simpsons not made a Five Nights at Freddy's parody that's itching and scratchy land? All right, because they're not good anymore. Okay, that's why. Pretty much. So I. Bart's party begins, or, or or rather, the the uh, gift exchange begins. You know, the gift portion, and so Bart starts going through, and so Patty and Selma give him a label maker, which is an awesome gift. I'd like to point out. Yeah, when you're like thirty, dude, label makers are always awesome. Even when you're a kid, you you type out stupid things and you stick your stickers on things like Bart does. That's not a bad gift. That's a cool, fun gift. All right, then how about this? A pair of socks. That sucks. <laughs> That sucks when you're an adult. At least make it bulk socks. Uh, and also, the gift that I think you'll hate the most, Sean. Uh, no, no, I actually uh, don't hate this gift. As, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have a note about that one. Dr. Marvin Monroe's Guide to Etiquette. Step one for Marvin Monroe's Guide to Etiquette. Go fuck yourself, Marvin Monroe. Which family member do you th- or friend got him that? It's got to be a friend, because I don't think the family has positive things to say about Marvin Monroe. He's been against Marge on the TV. What about Grandpa? Or pa- Well, Penny and Selma, we know, got the label maker. But uh, it could be Grandpa. It could be Grandpa. It could feasibly have been given, but Man. she didn't show uh, uh, Grandma Bouvier. What if it is from Grandpa? The shade he gets from... <laughs> oh, take a message. The shade. Here's your guide to etiquette, kid. <laughs> oh, that would be <laughs> Answer good. your damn phone. Oh, man. Actually, I take it back. That's actually what happened. That's, that's a amazing. great gift, and that's funny to me every time now. Bart also gets a cactus, which I, I had a cactus for a while. A friend yeah. of mine gave me one. I, I liked it. It's it's a plant. It's, you know, it's not going to, you know, it's not a video game or whatever, but I mean, you know, it, it it's a plant with survivability, unless you're like me and it eventually dies. Uh, but, uh, and then otherwise he gets a little a little jacket and a cap I from thought that's Martin. the gift you were talking about. No, that one's not great. It's like... That one's awesome. That's an awesome jacket and an awesome cap. I would dress like that every day. Here's, here's something to consider, Sean. Would your arch enemy or somebody you dislike getting that for you so that you could be twinsies? Don't you think that would sully that a bit? I don't know. We have the same N64 shirt and it sullies it every time I wear it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so maybe. sullied. <laughs> so, so Bart's not feeling this birthday. He he's not excited about it, and so he gets home. Uh, probably the next day, we're not sure, but uh, he's putting property of Bart Simpson labels on everything. And I love that Homer <laughs> opens the fridge and he's like, "Oh, there's only one can of beer, and it's Bart's." That's what I would do with a label maker, and that's why I'm not allowed to have a label maker. Yeah, that's fair. My favorite is that he puts property of Bart on Santa's little helper. (laughs) (laughs) He puts on the dog. I think it might have been on the cat. It was on, like, everything. And so, uh, uh, you know, Homer comes to Bart, and he's like, you know, hey, boy, how you liking the gift? And he's like, it's fine. And we can see it's currently propping up a window. 
And so Homer it tries to ex- extol the virtues of this thing and can't get it across. It comes in distorted and like, you know, Lisa gets mad when he's like, you know, starts singing the convoy song to her. He goes up to Marge and he's like, hey, good looking. We'll be back to eat that later. When she's like cooking dinner and she's like, I can't understand what you said. He's going to get some loving. <laughs> <laughs> so and so Homer's pretty despondent. And so Bart's in his room, and he's you know, you know, just frustrated about his his presence. And Marge shows Bart how to really use it. You know, don't put your mouth up, exa- you know, exactly to it. You want to be a little further back, things like that. And uh, don't yell into it as loud as your father. Stop that, God, out of my ear. And so I, uh, uh, you know, and Bart, you know, kind of gets uh, and I some ideas at that point. And so while Homer's looking through the fridge. Okay, this is my favorite scene of the episode. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, and he's so wrong. What? He's so wrong. So let's go through the scene, and we'll figure out where you think he's wrong. So he opens up a, a container of Neapolitan ice cream. And the, those uh, for those who don't know, Neapolitan is essentially a combination of chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla ice cream. It's in like three sections in the ice cream. And I, uh, uh, you know, it, it, I always sort of chalked it up as, you know, somebody who wants a lot of variety doing ice cream sundaes or for families. Well, families is Yeah, great. you know, because it's, you know, like when I was a kid, my sister really liked strawberry and kind of vanilla. I really like chocolate and kind of vanilla. So we were able to kind of like, you know, divvy it out that way and to hell with my mother because, you know, it was our ice cream. <laughs> and so uh, and so Homer goes through one, opens it up. The chocolate is missing completely. But the vanilla and the strawberry are there. And he's like, don't. And he grabs out another one. And the chocolate's missing again. And so he puts them all back in. And he's like, Marge, we're out of vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate ice cream. And she's like, I'll pick it up tomorrow. Homer is wrong because I have never had a Neapolitan that has had a good chocolate in it. Okay, now that I'll grant you. The quality of Neapolitan tends to be lower because it's just a combo of ice cream. It's typically for families. I think they can kind of get away with making it a lower quality. Uh, Whereas a low-quality vanilla? Eh, it's fine. It's fine. It's not chocolate. Chocolate is delicious, and when a chocolate's low-quality, I'm upset. Okay. Strawberry? Whatever. It's strawberry. I could put it in a milkshake and make something with it. Whatever. But well, that, that chocolate is the worst. So he's taking the worst chocolate he could have for his ice cream. Homer is wrong. If 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 you had said that chocolate wasn't the best of those flavors, we would have had a fist fight on our hands. Oh, chocolate's delicious. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but it is not delicious in Neapolitan. It's just not okay. usually, yeah. It's it's the yeah, the qual especially, you know, we can see that the the type of container that they're opening is those you know uh, uh, cardboard kind of containers yeah normally even back then in the early 90s fancier premium brands used uh, like different p- uh, plastic packaging think like the 80s container you know things like yeah. that Haagen-Dazs Haagen-Dazs yeah exactly so so higher quality ice creams were using that packaging to this day usually lower quality ice cream companies or ice cream lines are using that like flimsy or cardboard container for their ice cream. You know what you can get in that kind of container though? What's that? Superman ice cream. That's a Michigan thing. I was going to say, how Michigan are you? Every non-Michigan listener is like, what the hell is Superman ice cream? For those who don't know, Superman ice cream is a combination of, uh, let's see, uh, Blue Moon, which also is a Michigan thing, uh, Red Pop ice cream, and uh, what's the other one? Banana? 
I believe. <sighs> now it's going to bother me. I. Uh, but so it bother you? What did you work on a dairy or something? Yeah, it did actually. <laughs> uh, so this is going to really annoy me. So I, uh, the the Superman ice cream is a uh, combination of Blue Moon Red Pop uh, with vanilla and uh, oh and vanilla. Okay, so those are the three. Blue Moon is a kind of a difficult describe sort of bubblegum marshmallowy kind of thing. I. Uh, some people also say it has a little bit of banana flavoring to it. Uh, so, yeah, it's like a... See, I'm not a maniac when I said banana flavor. No, <laughs> you're not a complete maniac. Just kind of a maniac because only some people taste it, which means they're probably wrong. Anyway. It might, it might be a genetic defect like cilantro. <laughs> I always said you were genetically defective, Sean. <laughs> this podcast proved it. There's your evidence. I feel bad for people who uh, I. Uh, taste soap with cilantro. That's that's always rough. I you know I, I kind of like cilantro. My girlfriend's family is that way, and it's funny because I I love cilantro. Oh, that's depressing. Hmm. Uh, but anyhow, so uh, while Homer is is lamenting his ice cream here, you have uh, the radio kick on, and it's uh, very clearly Bart's voice, and he's like, "People of Earth, you know, like we have conquered your planet. Your president was delicious," and he calls himself Bartron. Which do you catch the reference there? No. That was the name of the evil space alien in the Tracy Ullman shorts when Bart put had the vase oh. put on his head. Lisa called him uh Lisa called him Bartron, the evil alien or, or the mad alien from space or something like that. Uh yeah, so that's what that's a reference to. But uh so as as Homer freaks out over this and Bart's like, you know, just babbling into his receiver talking about like eating the president and all this stuff. We see Homer in the background as, you know, Bart's in his room and he's got a, like a shotgun in his hands. It's more of a rifle, but rifle, okay. Homer's kind of a gun-toting maniac sometimes, which every so often is kind of a gun-toting maniac. It's weird that they made him not a gun toting maniac in fan fiction seasons and yeah and then he goes back to not having many guns but they clearly have had guns in the house in the past i, I mean i don't want to alarm you craig but there might be a boogeyman or boogeyman in this studio ah! <laughs> you know the window shut i'll get the gun <laughs> so so homer freaks out goes to grab uh bart around the neck and then he realizes that Bart actually likes the present. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm happy you like the present or whatever. He's like, but just promise me you're never going to like, you know, you know, prank people, lie to people ever again. And Bart's like, I promise. And we know what a promise from Bart is worth. Okay. So this is the exact moment of this episode that I feel it goes downhill. Really? Yes. I don't know. I feel like there's some good moments coming up. And don't get me wrong. The, the, like there have been some great jokes before this moment. But I feel like... I feel like it drops off towards the end, and I think this is where I feel that drop-off more than anything. All right, well, I'm going to do my best to see if I can't convince you okay. otherwise throughout this episode. So uh, so Bart puts a property of Bart Simpson sticker on Homer's butt and laughs, you know, and that's the, the end of that scene there. Now, supposedly, and I read this online. I don't know how true this is. So if you've heard this, like, in, in commentary or something, by all means, let me know, Sean. But supposedly, instead of Homer grabbing a rifle... Uh, they were originally going to have him mixing Kool-Aid. Like, you know, mass suicide joke. I haven't heard that. I don't know how true that is, though. So, so you read that he was going to Jonestown them. Yeah, that's what I heard. 
I don't. And then that joke got rejected for being too dark or whatever. Which, and then it b- turned into him grabbing a gun and just being a maniac. Which is it's funny, but not too dark. I mean, they're both funny and dark. I mean, don't be wrong. I do think they're both funny, but I do think that you know Homer with his history. I just don't appreciate that. What his history of what? Self destruction. Anyway, uh, po- so poison Kool Aid can be funny. Well, I'm not saying it ain't funny. It's just you know when you do I mean, it to your family. Family Guy or... did it funny in season one. I think that's the very first episode. Actually, is it the first episode? It's one of them. Yeah, it is the first one. No, it's the second one. It's the second episode. It's the second episode. The first one of the actual run where Stewie's first birthday. Oh, yeah. And Meg's got the friend in the cult. Oh, yeah. Man, I haven't watched early, and I really like the early seasons of Family Guy before uh, they went off the air and came back. I need to find a way to watch that again. Huh. Is it on Disney Plus? I think it's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. Okay. I'll have to see if the old uh, seasons are on there. Uh, so one of Bart's pranks is that uh, uh, Marge comes in to feed Maggie or whatever, and she's like, Mommy, Mommy. And, and Marge is like, like, Oh, my God, oh, my God. She freaks out and stuff. She's like, Can you say Mommy again? And Maggie's like, Sorry, lady, show's over. And she realizes it's Bart. Meh. Now, as far as pranks go and what Bart can do with this thing, I feel like he's being fairly clever. It might not be the most hilarious stuff, but but you know, bear with me here. Uh, so... Bart, and this is, I, I think, pretty slick, he switches it up, and he puts the microphone under Lisa's bed to spy on her, and so Lisa's talking with all of her friends, Janie, and, like, I think maybe one or two others. I think it's just Janie. I is think it just it's Janie? just Janie. Maybe it is. And so uh, she starts talking about, uh, while they're reading Non-Threatening Boys magazine, which is the same, uh, one of the same magazines she was reading when she got sick. With the mumps? Yeah, and with the mumps in, what is that episode called? Uh, Bart's Dog Gets an F. And uh, uh, she's like, I, I had a dream that like me and Corey owned a horse fa- or a pony farm, and he always walked around with his shirt off. <laughs> Which is honestly the kind of preteen girl stuff you overhear. I grew up with a sister, and I'd like walk by the door, and every so often I'd hear something from like my sister's friends or something. I'd just be like, eh, I'm not even touching that one. Uh, so we also have, of course, Bart does a uh, a fart. He puts a radio in, you know, under Krabappel's desk and, you know, blows a raspberry or whatever. And finally, I, I do mm-hmm. like in that scene that Nelson calls him old man. <laughs> good, good job, old man. Something like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're also seeing and that's kind of an interesting point. We're seeing that Nelson is kind of forming a little bit more of a camaraderie with Bart as time goes by, because sometimes he's not Bart's enemy. Yeah, he's very rarely Bart's enemy at this point. Yeah, he the, the 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 signed treaty has done its job. I mean, he's more jerk, a jerk, but kind of Millhouse's nemesis at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he because the treaty was not signed with Millhouse yeah. in mind. I uh, I mean, I think everybody had a friend that was like a jerk growing up. Like you, you were their friend and you liked them and you liked spending time with them, but they were a jerk. What was that like? What are you trying to imply? Sean? Nothing. Nothing at all, Craig. Hmm. Watch your mouth. Anyway, so I, uh, uh, Bart goes to slowly lower the, the radio down the well, 
and unfortunately it's the the rope slips through his hands and he's like all right whatever and he goes into the bushes and uh starts yelling for help and willie freaks out and he's like a wee nip of courage and also uh he jumps on a uh, tractor to go get help and it has like a big thresher on it yeah it's a big scary tractor and (laughs) willie's also not at the school well, we see that uh, Willie occasionally does like side work at like the cemetery and stuff, right? But that wasn't a Treehouse of Horror, wasn't it? Oh God, that that was in the uh, Treehouse of Horror where it was um, Burns. Burns uh, 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 if I only had a brain. brain, yeah. I mean, but at the end, didn't we find out that that one wasn't a dream? Or oh, is, is it? it? <laughs> Next week on The Simpsons. Uh, so yeah, I guess you're right. It is a little weird that he's not at the... Uh, uh, maybe he lives in that shed. But he lives in a shed at the school. Oh, yeah. Hmm. He tries to bring that Bonnie Lass back. <laughs> but no, wait. Didn't she, he have she... an apartment with a pool? He he mentioned he in mentioned one episode, yeah. yeah. But I think in the episode, oh no, because in uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns, he has. Uh, they don't mention his home being destroyed when the school explodes from the yeah. oil. So maybe that's fan fiction. I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye out for uh, uh, Willie's living uh, yeah, I know, I know he lives in it in fan fiction because he's got the episode where they are newscasters. Oh yeah, I kind of remember that one. Ugh. It does have one of my favorite jokes, though. Yeah. The old South Pacific doesn't come by here anymore. <laughs> so Willie takes a, a shot of whatever is in his flask and goes off to get help. And Bart's just, you know, he laughs and he walks off. He's, you know, that's the end of story for him. And so I, uh, he does end up finding out, though, that apparently there's a kid stuck in a well. And Bart has hit pay dirt. And so I... Uh, uh, he says his name is Timmy O'Toole, and he's talking with not only Chief Wiggum, but Dave Shutton. Yeah, it's weird that Dave Shutton's here. A few times in this episode. Because he uh, ends up doing the story on the squirrel later. Yeah, the Lincoln squirrel. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so uh, I love the the fact that I think you'll appreciate this, the fact that uh, uh, when they're like, where are your parents, like Timmy? And he's like, I don't have one. And when I went to the school, your principal Skinner turned me away from my shabby clothes. And Skinner's like, he's a liar. And everyone's like, boo. Harry Shear nails that line because he has so much anger in his voice. <laughs> so much indignation. That. He's yeah. just like, he's a liar. Uh, and so it turns out that the cops are too rotund and they can't get down the well to save this kid. Yeah, did you catch what the... Uh, uh, what would they say? The diameter of the well was? No, I didn't. 34 inches. Hmm. That's a tiny well. Well, no wonder none of the adults can get down there. So uh, a, a parade of people come in who are willing to get the boy out of the well, who, who doesn't even exist in the first place. And there's a falconeer. Uh, falconeer? Yeah, it would be a falconeer. Yeah. And uh, well, I was wondering, because this bird almost looks more like a eagle? Maybe it's a falcon? I don't it's know. a falcon. Those are falcon uh, guards that you put over its head. I mean, just the animation of the bird, I meant. You know, it just didn't really look necessarily, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. So he he's like, Socrates here will fly down there and grab the boy. And so he pulls off the mask and the bird flies off in the distance. And he's like, I don't think he's coming back. Uh, and for the record, I don't even think the largest eagle in the world could snag a 10-year-old. Then you don't know what the largest eagle do the harpy eagle i'm pretty sure i do 
I'm pretty sure it'll kill children that are 10 years old. I don't know. Bart's pretty big for his age. We don't know how big Timmy O'Toole is. <laughs> he doesn't exist. So I guess at the point is moot. Anyway, uh, there's a weird, creepy fisherman, and I think uh, there's a movie reference here, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a Jaws reference. I'll land the boy and clean him for free. Me and this chocolate bar. And then uh, Professor Frank says that even though they can't get the boy out of the well now, why, uh, they'll just freeze him with liquid, liquid nitrogen, and a future generation will be able to free him. That's dark. Yeah, but he'll be free someday. If he doesn't die in the freezing process. Because you can't really freeze humans and have them live. It's not how it works with humans. Yeah, we don't know that yet. I'm pretty sure we have an idea. I don't know. <laughs> pretty sure we have a good idea. It works in the movies. Well, I didn't look at it that way. So, I... Uh, uh, Bart is is laughing. Uh, the the Simpson family is at home eating like a TV dinner or whatever, and uh, and Bart laughs and Marge gets mad at him, and uh, Homer's like that Timmy's a hero, and Lisa's like well, how so, and he's like well he fell down on a well. She's like how does that make him a hero, Dad? He's like well it's more than you ever did, and uh, we find out that Krusty has gotten together with Sting. To do uh, a song called "Sending Our We're Sending Our Love Down the Well," which is based on uh, a couple events in history, right? Where like uh, celebrities got together and did like a, a benefit song or whatever. Yeah. Celebrities have done various benefit things throughout the years, like, yeah. all similar to this. Oh, sure, sure. My favorite mm-hmm. is the uh, Kanye West one, post Hurricane Katrina. George Bush doesn't like black people. Yeah. That was a weird TV moment. Mike Myers did not know what to do. Oh, he was so awkward in that. If you ever want to watch a fun clip, watch Kanye West, George Bush doesn't like black people because it is interesting as hell. It is so awkward. It is so awkward. Yeah, Mike Myers is just like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> just doesn't even know what to say. Poor Mike Myers. Yeah, poor guy. So, I, I, the uh, Krusty apparently fired Sting in 1969. Uh, but, uh, regardless, Sting knows that this has to be done. Sting would have been 18 years old in 1969. He was born in 1951, just so you know. Oh, was he performing then? I don't believe he was. He might have been with, he probably was with a high school band or something. Oh, okay. So, yeah, maybe he, maybe this is legit. Because it'd be pre-police, because he didn't form the police till later. Oh. I didn't even think to look that up. Uh, so... There's a cast of, of people. Do you have the full list of all the people performing uh, the song? I do not. I have it. I have it here. So we have Sting, Sideshow Mel, Rainier Wolfcastle, Dr. Marvin Monroe, Lance Murdoch, the Capital City Goofball, some white guy in the top right corner? I have no idea who it is. The next chance you get, pause and look at the top right corner because I have no idea who this dude is. Uh, we have uh, Troy McClure, Scott Christensen, the Weather Girl, maybe she's the Channel Six Weather Girl because she's married is. to uh, Kent Brockman. Yeah, uh, we have Bleeding Gums Murphy, Mayor Quimby, Krusty the Clown, and Shauna Tifton. Yeah, it's the weird. exotic dancer. Shauna Tifton shows up a lot throughout these because she'll later be in the um, the Springfield Squares. Yeah, I guess she was popular in Springfield. Huh. By the way, the police formed in 1977. Oh, so like eight years after he would have been fired from Krusty's yeah. show. Cripes. Hmm. I mean, if if it was real, we're treating it like it is. But anyway, uh, and so you know, uh, Kent Brockman is like, you know, like, oh, you know, are you 
uh, uh, you know, like how how much of the proceeds are going to the like you know the kid in the well? And Krusty's like, ah, you know, there's all these fees and stuff. Yeah, you know, Kent, those limos in the back aren't free. And so you know, Timmy O'Toole Lincoln squat. No, whatever's left, they throw down the well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. It's becoming a giant like like sideshow. We have uh, uh, people selling T-shirts. Uh, Timmy O'Toole's baby teeth is being sold. Authentic Timmy O'Toole baby teeth. That's <laughs> so weird. Admission is two dollars. There's like a Ferris wheel in the back, and like all these like carnival booths. And uh, the bouncer from Flaming Moe's shows up. Yeah, and he talks about how there's room in the rear or whatever. I. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's just this giant spectacle. Back at the Simpson home, though, we have uh, Lisa watching uh, Itchy and Scratchy. And, you know, the episode finishes. Okay, th- th- this this is part of my problem with this episode. Okay. I feel like that is a very shoot-in, we need to kill some time, let's throw an Itchy and Scratchy in here. Arguably they all are. At least the other ones are, you know interesting this one's just him falling down the well and getting shot i feel like you're you're really really splitting hairs here okay this episode makes me very bored i'm sorry (laughs) but i'm very bored at this point you shouldn't be it's good so it's all right so i think i might know why you don't like this episode because no one ever got me out of the well no because they interrupt itchy and scratchy with a report from dr marvin monroe (sighs) who's still showing up I don't like that maple shot. He's gone soon. He's going to die soon. Not soon enough. And so uh, Marvin Monroe says that he's gone feral. And it cuts the audio from the well. And we hear like, and like, you know, Lisa's like, what? And she looks in the other room and sees that Santa's little helper has grabbed Bart's radio transmitter microphone. And Lisa walks in, glares at Bart. Bart gets the microphone away, and he's like, "Um, I I was trying to gnaw my own foot off, but uh, uh, uh I'm gonna go to sleep now. Bye, good night." And Lisa's like, "Bart," she's like, "The police are gonna like you know be furious with you." And Bart's like, bah, "I couldn't catch a cold." And she's like, well, okay, maybe not, but like, you know, I bet you're stupid enough to have put a property of Bart Simpson sticker on that radio. And Bart realizes his mistake. He will eventually get caught. And so I, uh, meanwhile, at the well, we have uh, uh, Eddie and Lou uh, reading a, a bedtime story to Timmy O'Toole, Cinderella. Back up for a second. Uh huh. So Lisa says a line. Yeah? That was real dark, and uh-huh. you glossed over. Okay, go on. Lisa's exact words to Bart are, when they find out you've been fooling them, they're going to want to cut you up with rusty razors. That's <laughs> really dark, Lisa. In her defense, her older brother is Bart. Her father is Homer. I mean, she she's some darkness has definitely seeped into her at this point. For sure. So... Over at the well. No big deal. So Lisa has an underlying darkness in her heart. Happens to all of us. Uh, so the police officers go to get, like, I think a cup of coffee or some whatever. And Bart hops out and starts playing Axel F from the Beverly Hills Cop, which is an amazing theme song, which would have been uh, really popular when it came out uh, in the uh, 70s, mid 70s, late 70s, something like that. Or was it 80s? 
I believe it was early 80s. Maybe it was early 80s. I was originally thinking 70s because they made like three of them. I think they made quite a few. I, but so the which I always love when that theme gets played. Eighty four. Eighty four. Well, I'll be danged. Mid eighties. I was way off. And uh, so the song, the theme plays. Bart lashes some rope onto like a tree stump and goes to get down the well to get you know either just the sticker off or to take the radio with him and run away and just you know call call it quits on the plan. Eddie and Lou come back. Notice the rope, and Eddie's like, what's this rope doing here? And just lifts it up and lets it fly down the well, which is just <laughs> so dumb. Uh, Bart lands, a rock falls on his leg, just like he had said, which is why Timmy O'Toole couldn't be pulled out with rope, because it would break his leg. And Bart <laughs> says one of my favorite lines of the episode. He's he's stuck at the bottom of the well, rock on his foot, and he's like, what did I do to deserve this? Wah, wah. Love it. Uh, and so, uh, interesting enough to me in this part, though, is the fact that I, I, you know, we have Bart, who's like, hey, I'm Bart Simpson, and they're like, what are you doing down there? And he's like, oh, Timmy O'Toole was just a lie, and they walk off, but Eddie and Lou should remember Bart, right? They gave him a handgun. Oh, wait, no, that's separate vocations, which is a few episodes that's coming from up. now. That hasn't happened yet. Then why do they give him that pistol if they can't trust it? Whatever. Anyway, uh, so... Because maybe we're not all in chronological order. Oh, God, no. It's our worst nightmare. And so, uh, uh, back at home, Eddie and Lou tell Mr. and Mrs. Simpson about what happened. And Homer's like, you must think we're the worst parents in the world. And Eddie's like, yeah, that's uh, basically the consensus down at the station. So... Homer and Marge get to the well, and they drop in some of his favorite things. His crusty doll, his alarm clock, and as Bart is yelling at him to knock it off and quit like throwing things down at him, he's a big idiot. Homer's like, why are you little? And he has a, a tank and a bunch of fish. He's going to put goldfish down there. Well, Bart needed his goldfish. I love it. And so Homer tries to jump down the well, and the mayor's like, put a man on him. And, uh, you know, they don't let him go down there. Old people are like, I like the other boy so much better. And, uh, you know, Marge is freaking out about what they're going to do. And uh, apparently there's an equipment, uh, a piece of equipment, Wiggum says, in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is a real city, uh, you know, that would get him out of there really quick. But, you know, it's very expensive, and they're beyond their budget. They don't really like Bart. The town would have done it for Timmy. (laughs) I love that little guy. Uh, They get on the news, Homer and Marge, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Kent Brockman is like, you know, the time it's the time for finger pointing or whatever. The blame is like pointed straight at the parents. And Homer's like, it's not our fault. We didn't want the boy. He was an accident. Mark just like Homer. He's like, can you get rid of that last line I just said? He's like, Mr. Simpson, we're live ghost to ghost. And so Bart will forever have the fact that his parents didn't want him recorded for all eternity. I doubt they're coast to coast. 
I mean, there's every so often they make jokes in The Simpsons about how the news that they're covering is like coast to coast in America, but like it is just Springfield's news. Yeah, they're not coast to coast. No, You're I a lying so. sack of crap, Kent Brockman. No, You're full of yourself. Maybe when he says coast to coast, they mean one side of Springfield to the other. That's all I can think. So. Uh, kids are doing jump rope games, talking about how Bart's being eaten by like rats and stuff. Uh, you know, th- things aren't going great for Bart. Uh, even the song "We're Sending Our Love Down the Well" drops down to like number ninety-seven, and number one has been taken over by "I Do Believe We're Naked" by Funky C Funky Do, which is the same band from the beginning of the episode. I'd listen to "I Do Believe We're Naked." I do believe we're naked, Sean. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, Dave Shutton, who's near the well and doing a piece on how the boy, uh, the town to boy, no more free food, which is just kind of depressing. Uh, he gets a, uh, a phone call in his car. Is this the first time we see a car phone in The Simpsons? Okay, Dave Shutton is like the example of outdated technology because he's got a <laughs> giant laptop. He's got a uh, car phone. I mean, at the time, it would have been pretty slick, but nowadays... Nowadays, it's super dated. Super dated. Car phones were actually uh, pretty rare all throughout their existence uh, because, you know... My uncle had a car phone. Really? Yeah. Did he have, like, a big reason for it, or was it just because it was cool? He owned a business, so he he used to talk to his workers. That that makes sense. If If you own a business, I get that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, a car phone was a phone that was only active in your car while it was on, right? Yeah. <coughs> so, uh, Shutton, though, gets a notification that there's a, he's like, what a story, when he gets a phone call, drives off, and a newspaper comes out of squirrel resembling Abraham Lincoln found. Homer and Marge, back at the well, are, are giving him some things to keep him warm, and uh, and Bart starts to cry. Bart gets emotional, and he says that he's not going to get a chance being stuck in this well, uh, You know, because he talks about how he's done some bad things, but he didn't get a chance to do other bad things, like smoke a cigarette, use a fake ID, or share a, uh, shave a swear word in his head. How many of those have you done? Uh, none, actually. I always was the oldest of my friends, so I never really needed a fake ID or anything. Uh, I'm allergic to cigarette smoke, never smoked, and uh, never shaved a swear word in my uh, head. I one time for like a week had a mustache that was really uh, hideous, but I mean... I did two or three of those, and I'm going to let the listeners guess which those are. Can I guess? I'm sure you know the answer. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, never mind then. <laughs> so, <laughs> reach out to us in our Discord. Go to gamezillamedia.com, jump on our Discord, and be like, Sean, I know what two, what two of the three you've done. Uh, so Homer says ha- that he's had all he can stands and he can't stands no more, which I th- believe is uh, Popeye. It's Popeye, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Homer goes to grab a shovel, picks it up, sets it down, yells down the well that he's going to get him out of there, picks the shovel back up because it disappears in the animation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he starts digging a hole and Marge grabs a wheelbarrow and starts, you know, taking the dirt away or whatever. And I love that Willie's like just looks out at him and he's like, Oh, now why didn't I think of that? Rips his shirt. Oh, he goes, Agnes, we got work to do as he talks to his shovel and then rips his shirt off and he's ripped as fuck. Is this the first ripped Willie scene? I think it is. I think this is the first time we see Willie 
Ripped as fuck! Because there's two members of Springfield who are surprisingly jacked. Uh, Willie and Ned Flanders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> You're a dame and I'm a fella. <laughs> I love that they're both surprisingly jacked. Yeah, because uh, that was the gag with Willie is that he's kind of portly looking otherwise. He looks like he has a bit of a gut, but when he r- takes his shirt off, he's like super jacked. Which, I mean, he would be. He does all that manual labor. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. So, a newspaper comes out. Uh, the Lincoln Squirrel was assassinated. Uh, or maybe it's the news report. Uh, but It's a news report. Yeah, Ken that's Brockman right. tells him one of the news. You're right, because he says, he's like, we'll be on this story all night if we have to. And Lisa, who's watching Maggie, but I thought the state required there to be a babysitter. Maybe Grandpa Simpson's taking a nap in another room. Maybe they use the card. Hmm. You kids do need a babysitter. Uh, and so uh, Lisa shouts out, though, to, I think it's Jasper answers. And he's like, it's an old-fashioned hole digging. By God, it's been a while. And so we see uh, that the town has come to help. And uh, uh, we only catch the uh, like a shift or so of some of these workers. But we have Herman, Carl, Apu, Skinner, Moe, Willie, and Krusty. Uh, who are digging down in the the hole? And uh, at one point, the uh, uh, there's a canary in the cage. And Apu's like, oh, the canary. And they go out of the hole, and they go running out. And uh, Doctor Hibbert is like, you know, this this canary died of natural causes. They're like, back in the hole. Ah, they run off again. But why wasn't that the vet? The vet hasn't been introduced at this point, though, right? No, he has not. Does he come in in this season? Is Dog of Death in season three? I think it's early season four. I think you're right. I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe. I'm you're pretty right. sure it's early season. Yeah, it is because that's the lottery episode. Ah, yes. Uh, and so we have uh, 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 Sting is helping to dig, and uh, you know Marge is like, Sting, you look tired. Why don't you go rest? He's like, Not while one of my fans are like, you know, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I. Uh, I was wrong. It's season three. Oh, is it season three later? It, it, it's like right after this. It's coming up. Oh, well, I'll be danged. I thought it was later. Uh, so, yeah, they could have probably used the vet. And uh, so Sting is like, you know, like, not one of my fans is our, our fans are in danger. And Marge's like, well, actually, I don't think Bart's played any of your albums. And Homer's like, quiet. He's a good digger. And so they break open the wall, and Bart's like, Sting! And then Homer throws Sting aside. And he's like, Mom, Dad! And uh, he's reunited with his parents, and Homer tells him, don't worry, they're going to make sure nobody falls down this well ever again. And it cuts to Willie putting up a sign that says, caution well. And he's like, that'll do it. And he walks off. That's the end of the episode. What do you think the lasting impact is? And have I changed a bit of your mind going over some of these jokes? There's some good jokes, but it, it loses me at the ending. It really does. I mean, I will say the the ending does fall a little flat because they. I feel like there, there's some hype built up with the dig, and it, then it's abruptly built it's built up so high, and then it just it's like it just careens straight down. Oh well, oh well. <laughs> I, I mean, I will say the the very end of the episode it falls a little flat in the fact that it's just like here's all these characters they're doing funny stuff like digging down this giant pit. In the ground, we see, like, an alien spaceship and dinosaur bones and stuff. You know, visually, there's a lot going on. 
And then, yeah, it just sort of is like, we'll make sure nobody ha- you know, has anything bad happen to them again. But really, there should have been a lesson in there for Bart and his trick. Yeah, he learns no lesson. Well, Bart rarely learns lessons, honestly. Certainly not after the first few seasons. Uh, but, Sean, what would you say is the lasting impact of this episode? Honestly, it's one of the last big pranks we're going to get from Bart. He's going to stop being a prankster soon. Yeah, that is uh, one of the... Th- that's probably the biggest thing to me in I this mean, episode. I mean, he'll play a big prank coming up in a much better episode. Ah, yes, he will. I would say that this is... Is this the last time he plays a prank on the town? He plays smaller pranks, like on Skinner, on Krabappel, on uh, you know other characters and stuff. But as far as that, like uh, his grandpa... But I mean... You know, uh, on the town as a whole? Yeah, on the town as a whole. Is this the last town prank? He's, he's got to have one. He's got to. I don't know if he does. Because the other big thing that I can think of isn't necessarily a prank. It's just it blew up in his face. Uh, Bart's Comet. It wasn't a prank. He just named a comet and they thought it would destroy the town. And, you know, that was sort of the issue. But it wasn't really a prank he pulled. You know what I mean? I think uh, this might be the last town prank. I'm going to spend the entire night thinking about this. I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do the research to figure this out. Uh, but yeah, I, I think off the top of my head, this is the last town prank from a non-fan fiction season. And that's the big disclaimer there, because I have no idea what happens after the fan fiction starts. And I don't care what happens after the fan fiction starts. Sean, give me your favorite quote of the episode. Let's end out this uh, episode here. So it's kind of a long one, but I love... Hey there, I hear it's your birthday. How old are you? Well, I'm... That's great. Would you like to sing us a special birthday song? Hell no. You got it. Ready, Senior Bivarotti? I'm ready. And a one, and a two. You're the, the birthday, birthday, you're the birthday, birthday you're the birthday, birthday boy or girl. <laughs> it's so dumb, but I love it. <laughs> I think my favorite uh, quote of the episode is just a really dark expression from Homer. Uh, Marge yells down the well to, to Bart. She goes, Bart, honey, I made you an extra warm sweater that you can wear while you're down in the well. And Bart's like, Mom, it's too big. And Homer shouts down, don't worry, you'll grow into it. Homer. Homer.